Welcome in to the At The Yard Podcast. Today we're going to recap the SoCal Pro Case with my guests Jack Shannon and Steve Doherty. Stay tuned for that show. Welcome in to the At The Yard Podcast. I'm pumped for today as I'm joined by San Diego Area Scout Jack Shannon and SoCal Area Scout Steve Doherty. We're going to recap the SoCal Pro Case that took place last Saturday. Tons of stuff to get to, guys. I mean, it was a real busy weekend for for all of us, but you guys, especially as you were running around for the the, the tournament as well, you guys caught up. Now it's wanted to give you a few extra days to catch up. How you guys doing? Doing great, man. Uh, head spinning a little bit with the PBR tournaments. Uh, tournament in the pro case and then back over to the tournament um summer is here man and it is firing all cylinders so lots of stuff to do that was a great weekend it was really fun to connect with everybody and all come together and kind of uh collaborate uh together on all the players and uh especially since we had so much talent at the pro case it was just a lot of fun uh, uh to be around each other for that experience yeah, let's jump into the pro case. So we have that over at Hart Park. Uh, there was 34 players. Uh, we invited about, oh, 50 guys, I think. 55 guys were invited. Uh, 34 of them uh, came. Uh, there was a couple of guys who last minute were unable to attend. Uh, but the talent on the field, guys, is a who's who from the 2020 class from SoCal. Uh, you know, and, and we're going to jump into a lot of these guys here. But just give me your initial impressions on maybe just the talent, the event as a whole, and 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 uh, you know what your thoughts were. And, and give me one quick thing that stood out before we dive in too deep. For for me, Les, and I'll, I'll take I'll take this one. You know, the pitching stood out obviously. I know Rody did a piece uh, on Jared Jones, but you know he headlined. Uh, the pitchers, Christian Rodriguez. Uh, we had a we had an out of state guy that was kind of cool to get a look at, and Gabe Nutter. Uh, the the arms stood out, and uh, wow, what a impressive uh, set of prep athletes we have here going into the into the twenty class. Really impressed with the arms. Yeah, for me, I mean the the talent spoke for itself, but something else that kind of stood out was. Uh, was uh, I've been to showcases now as a player, as a coach, and a scout, and I, I just saw a lot of camaraderie, and, and the players were loose that I've never seen at a showcase before. Uh, the guys kind of all were, you know, buddy-buddy up from the beginning, uh, getting along well, um, talking. It wasn't quiet. There weren't – their faces looked uh, – they looked happy to be there. Uh, I remember towards the end, Jared Jones challenged his teammate, Eugene, um, in the at bat. So, um, they were having fun too, which, uh, at a lot of times that showcases, you don't see the kids just, uh, playing loose and relaxed. So that was, uh, that was really cool to see. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up, Jack, because we were talking about that after, after our event, I jumped on a plane and went up to the NorCal pro case. And we were talking about that as Rody and I were driving back to the, uh, the hotel in the airport there that, uh, after Sunday was, I mean, just the camaraderie, just the atmosphere, the guys, you nailed it on the head. I mean, they were loose. They were having fun. Uh, you know, they looked like they wanted to be there. Uh, so that that was something that stood out to me. But just the overall athleticism 
of not only the group of guys that we had in SoCal, but the group of guys we had in NorCal. I mean, those guys up there, those guys are are some big, strong dudes, man. It's just it's funny to be able to compare the two, and we'll be doing a piece on that a little bit later here uh, as part of our post event coverage. But let's jump into the SoCal Pro Case, and you know, guys started off by you know getting stretched out, then we jumped right into the '60s and. Uh, we had some pretty impressive guy uh, runs uh, on the 60, and you know, Isaiah Green was the top guy at 6.73, but a guy for me uh, that that really impressed all day long was Devin Ornelas. I mean, he came out, ran a 6.85, and uh, we were able to see him in the tournament too. Did you guys get you know be, be able to lock in on him? Because for me, he was he was one of the standout guys. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, these guys were running on the electronic time. So, you know, obviously a little bit more accurate than a, than a hand stopwatch. Uh, but you know, he stood out, like you said, the Isaiah green time, six, seven, three electronically. I mean, that's, that's, that's moving. Alonzo Richardson, six, eight, seven, Isaiah Marquez, another guy who really impressed me, uh, with his workout. He was a seven Oh five. So these guys are running times on this electronic timer, uh, and, and busting out some, some really good times. Yeah. And on grass too, right? I mean, that's important because it was kind of a damp morning, uh, and, and the, the grass was a little damp. So, that's a, that's a significant note as well, I think. Uh, but but Jack, I mean, you were able to secure uh, a, a, just a group of guys from San Diego to come up here for this event. That, in my opinion, um, you know, I really wanted to bear down on all these guys because I don't get to see them as frequently as you do. Uh, but the guy for me out of the group of San Diego that I mean really just kind of every time I saw him do something I just kept going back to man that that works that works and for me that was Charlie Ree out of St. Augustine yeah Charlie put in a good season um he came up excited he was happy to be there he's one of the guys that um right when I showed up he introduced himself um kind of got the other San Diego guys to get out of their shells a little bit so that was cool um, and he just put in an overall uh, nice showing, so that was good to see out of him, especially for an uncommitted guy that's uh, that's grinding to uh, find a spot somewhere. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean that that San Diego connection down there. I saw them a few times, Jack and uh, you know Angela Peraza out of St. Augustine, the same high school as Ree, Alonzo Richardson out of Helix, uh, Trevor Tushenkel. Uh, just, just a really good group, and uh, they're they're going to be making some noise next year down there in San Diego, and you get a front row seat to it. So I'm excited about those guys. Les, I know, I know you are too. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm glad you brought up Peraza because Jack, you've been singing his praises all season, and we saw him at the MLK camp uh, down at San Diego State in January, and I was a little uncertain when I saw him. Uh, I wasn't aware that he was a football guy, and given saints quality program he probably had just finished playing a month before that so uh but man he really caught my attention uh this saturday i mean his pop times of you know 186 to 191 uh those were all on the bag i mean you know he's throwing 87 from shortstop i mean that's a big armed just really athletic guy isn't it jack yeah, it's, it's, it's really special. I mean, I've honestly haven't seen many guys like that behind the plate with that kind of athleticism. Uh, 
when you put all the other catchers out there that we had at the pro case, they were all good, but the other guys kind of all looked the same to me. Um, just your generic, you know, right around two to second, you know, big body guys, but Peraza kind of went up there and just quickly separated himself from the rest of the pack um, with his athleticism. And then he's got a cannon too. So just really played up and it was, uh, it was really cool to see Nathan Rody uh, uh, praise him uh, like that. And then uh, at the same time, uh, his dad was, was saying how this was his first time he's been invited to an invite only event in his career. So it's, it's cool that PBR is the first one to get on that because I only see his career trending upwards from here. Oh, I agree big time. I mean, he is one of those guys that's going to have a chance at the next level to uh, play some ba- not only play some baseball, but should excel uh, in baseball. Another guy who I think is going to, he's committed, but he, he's going to be a guy, when we talk pop-up guys, uh, for me, this guy is the ideal guy, and that's Isaiah Marquez, and you touched on him a little bit, though, uh, out of San Dimas. You know, he came out, ran a 7.05, but... I mean, then he took to to the hitting wheel, and uh, you know, all he did was register a ninety five exit below. And then he hopped in and did his rounds of BP, and holy smokes, huh? Listen, this this kid is really physical, and and uh, he is he is put together, man. I I actually got to talk to him right after his his team, the TB SoCal team, was in our tournament, and they're playing over at Hart Park there, kind of right after. I said. I said, you're, <laughs> you're playing a game right after this. And he's, uh, and he was all excited t- to get going. And, uh, I talked to Moziello, who, who was, who was there. And, uh, I mean, this, this kid is physical. He's, his name's going to pop up in a draft discussion next year. No question. Yeah. And, you know, we had him at the underclass games at USC last year. And, you know, he was a little inconsistent with the bat and, and I remember saying, I think it was to Bacani who was with us that day, and I said to him, I said, man, if that guy figures it out with the bat, he's going to be dangerous. You know, and all he did was go out this year. He was, you know, top two or three in, in southern section and RBI and hit close to 400, and he looks like he's figured it out, man. And that's a guy that who's an academic kid, too, uh, is going to go. He was committed to St. Mary's. That fallout happened. He's now committed to Long Beach. Uh, he's going to have a real chance in the Big West to 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 make a name for himself. No doubt, if he gets there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? I mean, that's that's the big question there. For yeah. for me on Isaiah on on Isaiah, I got a right along with what Steve was saying early on how the pitching was dominating um, for a while, and it was kind of we were just getting quick outs and strikeouts, and then he came up and uh, we got down in a two strike two strikes and. I saw him shorten up and he pitched, uh, made a good pitch, nice curveball down in the zone. And he kind of just went with it and hit a, hit a hard ground ball up the middle for a CNI single. And, uh, it was just impressive to see guys do that because, um, he made the two strike adjustment, uh, which isn't that popular these days, but, uh, it got him a hit. And those are the kind of hits that are going to get you in the lineup at a long beach state. So, um, to see him doing that as a 2020, um, is a mature uh, is a sign of a mature hitter. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with his just overall approach and how that's how that's improved. I'm glad you brought that up, Jack, because after all the workout portion, we had uh, some pitchers face live hitting uh, in a simulated game format, a, a scout ball format, uh, you know, and and so there was some live hitting where we saw. 
not a not a ton of not a ton of contact. And then you look at the list of arms that threw, and you're saying, well, okay, well that that makes sense, right? And one of the guys that threw that day that. You know, he's an uncommitted guy, uh, he's a big-bodied guy, and he's a guy that, you know, I had seen a couple times during the spring and, and thought he certainly, you know, was worthy of being there, and he proved to be uh, just that. And that was Jacob Vargas, and, and he opened things up for us, uh, the big-bodied guy at a, uh, Bishop Ahmad High School. And, and, Jack, I think you were behind the dish for, for the most part during the game action, right? And uh, I'd, be, I'd be interested to know what your notes were on him, uh, because he came out and was up to 88, and... Uh, you know, really good changeup. Yeah, he was he was sharp, and and he you know he was the first guy. We're still getting settled, you know. We're bringing bringing the easy up back. You know, there are a lot of lot of distractions. You know, all the pro guys started huddling around. Um, you know, a, a, a tough scenario to come in as the first guy face face all the hitters, and and he was cool. I mean, he he just had good demeanor on the mound build up the zone, uh, put in, put in just a good outing, uh, through, you know, we had him with curveball slider and a change up. So he gave us, he gave us the kitchen sink and uh, it, it was a good showing. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Doe, had you seen him before? I hadn't seen him before and I was impressed too. And, uh, you know, I'm Jack hit on all points there and that's a tough situation to come into, especially, um, you know, when all the, Everyone's hustling and bustling around and and trying to get things settled in. He just goes in and, and throws a good good outing. Who I want to talk about? And I was remiss uh, at the, at the lead of the show to say you know the pitchers impress and I of course Jared Jones, Christian Rodriguez, but Caleb Bennett out of Corona Centennial was another guy that really stood out. I mean this kid is 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 big. He's physical. Uh, it's violent. He, he's a little bit of a like you know fall over kind of a guy but this slider is above average and it's his out pitch it's just a wipeout pitch and uh everyone had trouble uh you know facing facing this guy and it's just he's just a tough at bat tell tell me what you think about caleb bennett uh, i i love the guy we had him if you remember last year up at usc and that's when uh things really heated up for him on the on the on the recruiting uh front you know he is committed to nebraska uh the thing about caleb that i really like is he will certainly you know go out there and give it everything he has but he's gonna go back into the dugout and kind of analyze everything i don't know if that's a, a detriment at this point in time but you're right big bodied guy uh, the slider is right now. I think it's it's darn near a plus pitch, man, because that is it's an unhittable pitch, and his ability to command that and throw it for strikes. I mean, I don't think it certainly didn't get squared up, and I, I can't recall it being even uh, you know fouled off or put into play. It might have been fouled off, but I don't remember it being put into play at all. I mean, it's that good of a pitch. Then he runs a fastball ninety and on your hands, and it looks like it's ninety five, right? Yeah, I mean everything plays up, and you're right. I don't think anybody, you know, hit that ball. And to hit on your point of him being, you know, pretty cerebral and going analyzing his outing, I think that shows a sign of maturity. To be honest with you, and I know who he works with, you know, Mike Cosgrove over there with the Birds and then the Twelve Six Academy, and so you know his mind is right. And I just think that he is is demonstrating uh, his maturity and and his ability to kind of, you know put all his, all of his work in into his outing and so uh, you know I see that as a as a as a plus characteristic to be honest with you yeah no doubt he's like a four six 
engineering GPA guy. I mean, he's really, really bright. Yeah, I was a big, I was a big fan of that slider. I mean, it was, it's, it was hard. I think we got one at 85, uh, just nasty played up and that kind of slider that's kind of pitch that separates you and, you know, can, can, can make him uh could make him a big leader type thing. I, I, I see him as a, as a power arm out of the bullpen, um, with that, with that good of a secondary offering. Yeah, that's a, that's a good profile for him, I think. And if he can develop a third pitch, uh, you know, that, that certainly would be, uh, you know, a no brainer there. Definitely. Well, for me, for me, the pitcher that, uh, he really impressed me again, uh, was Christian Rodriguez. Uh, I think his ceiling is extremely high. I think his mechanics are very fluid and clean. Um, he had another impressive showing and I mean that frame, he's got that pitcher's frame with a ton of room for growth. I mean, I think there's going to be some scouts out there that are going to be potentially even putting him ahead of Jared Jones on their draft boards, just because I think his ceiling might be a little higher. Yeah, good, good point, Jack. I, you know, I, I've had an opportunity to, to now see him for three years, now coming into the fourth year. And, you know, you, when you take a look at him from afar or behind the fence, it's like, you know, tall, skinny guy. But, you know, I actually had a, an opportunity to get up to him really close, you know, this time. And, uh, man, he has really, really developed his uh, his body. And, and that lower yeah. half is is not – skinny i mean this lower half is getting put together really nice he's filling out and and i know it's you know get me getting a little excited to say but this i could see this kid potentially down the road you know throwing a hundred i mean it's 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 his body he is packing this weight on really good and and it looks looks really good really impressed yeah, you know, he came up to me after the event and was, you know, very gracious as he always is. And he's just a really, really nice kid. And uh, gotten to know his dad a little bit, and subsequently gotten to know him a little bit. And uh, you know, he came up and shook my hand, and I think his fingertips were touching my watch band. I was kind of like, "Oh my gosh, my, my 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 hand was completely engulfed." And then it was just a good, firm, strong grip. But you're right, though. I mean. He is starting to pack on some weight onto his frame, and the physicality of his body is starting to come to light because, I mean, at 6'4", he has room to add another 20 pounds easily, right? I mean... Scary. Right. It's totally scary. Uh, You know, the question I think eventually is going to be is, you know, is it going to be more feasible for him to add that weight in pro ball, or is it going to be more easy for him uh, to add that weight in college at Cal State Fullerton, right? So, I mean... But I think the both of you guys are right. I mean, this is a guy who is unquestionably going to have a lot of attention on him going into next year. Another pitcher that I thought uh, really looked good, uh, you know, he's a guy that I had seen before. I saw him as recently as up in Fresno, and that was Jerron Watts-Brown from Hanford. He's just a funky righty with, you know, he's got some moving parts to it, and but the arm's loose, it's whippy. Uh, he gets it going through the zone. You know, he touched 89. I had him up to 91 or 92 in Fresno. Uh, good, sharp, biting curveball at 74. Did you guys see him? I did. And I'll, I'll just jump in quickly, Jack, before before you do. But, you know, unless you got to see these guys up at the Fresno 
uh, classic. I I didn't, but what a what what a pleasant surprise. I mean, this guy fits the profile, um, and 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 his body's going to get bigger and stronger. And was just really impressed with the looseness and and his clean arm action, and and that just really projects well for me just a really impressive you know these outings are just a small sample size but you can get a really good idea about what these guys are going to bring to the table and uh really impressed with with him yeah same for me i i really he's got good size uh along with pretty much all the pitchers we had uh he looked good on the mound another guy that seemed like he had feel and command of his pitches and just looked comfortable and uh attacked the zone uh looked looked uh like he had a lot of movement on his fastball um which is always something that i i, I like to see i mean you got to have some movement on your fastball at the staying age the home run swings so uh yeah he was a nice he was a nice pitcher yeah, another guy that I thought looked really comfortable uh, was a guy from San Diego, and that was Thomas Sejaci. Uh And by the way, it's Sejaci, guys. I asked him, uh, and he clarified that for me. So, <laughs> Thomas, we're going to get that right for you from here on out. But, uh, you know, we, we were kind of – I was in the dugout there with some of the scouts and going through the roster, and, you know, one of them says, you know, who's this guy? And I said, you know, he's a guy – uh, from Carlsbad down to San Diego that Jack has seen a few times and he's had a real big year and he's got some sneaky pop and you know the scout's like well you know if he's here he, he's got to be doing something right sort of thing and uh, sure enough I mean he did a lot of things right and I think he's going to be a guy who who's going to develop into something that could be pretty good coming out of Pepperdine. Yeah, yeah. he he was Sorry, he was another guy that was real excited to be be up at our showcase and. Um, Continued with what he did all year at the showcase. I mean, he hit the ball the other way. Um, in BP, I think he was the only guy that took multiple pitches to right field, um, which is just shows you the kind of the kind of guy's um, approach he's got at the plate. He's he's a, he's willing to go the other way in a showcase, um, which to me is just is just awesome. And then in the game, it translated when he had an opposite field line drive hit. So. Uh, I think that is just an advantage approach and um, is definitely going to get in the lineup uh, his freshman year as a Pepperdine Wave. Yeah, and he's got a lot of room to fill out too. I mean, at five ten, a buck sixty five, I think he still got some some room to fill. I mean, he came out ran a seven one four. Doe, I mean, this guy's pretty athletic. He just puts his tools on the table and, you know, he doesn't jump off the page as far as, you know, uh, you know, eye candy is concerned, but it, it doesn't really matter to me and it shouldn't really matter to someone else. You can just tell, you know, that this kid is just an all around baseball player. I mean, put together some tough at bats, squared it up in his, in his rounds, took a good clean, you know, ground ball session and, it, you know, Pepperdine. Pepperdine got his steal here. They really did. I think he's going to be really good by the end of his third year over there. And we're going to be talking about him in that draft class. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Another guy I think that we're going to have a chance to talk about in his draft classes is Garrett Gillimet. And, you know, we I we saw him a lot, obviously, Doe being in the Trinity League. And, you know, I was talking to him. I said, man, you look fantastic because he looks in phenomenal shape. Uh, and he was telling me that that he's doing some CrossFit stuff, and he's you know watching his diet. He said he's lost like close to 15 pounds uh, since the end of the season, and 
I mean, and it shows, right? I mean, his abilities behind the plate were never in question, but now we're starting to see a little more juice with the bat more consistently registered a 92-mile-an-hour exit velo. Uh, He's a guy that has completely redone his body going into, well, now that he's announced that he's decommitted from Oregon, possibly the biggest summer of his of his high school career uh, unbelievable i mean this guy has made some gains like you can't believe and i you know you said there was never you know defense was never a question i never questioned that and i never questioned the bat either because that uh the the bat's violent and and it it plays man and like you said he's you know obviously made a commitment to his body here um, you know, he, now he's coming into a summer where, you know, he's, he's, he's back on the market. So he's open for recruitment. Uh, he's a good kid, smart kid, well-spoken, and it's just going to be exciting to see number one, who gets him, And, and number two, going into the senior campaign to see what kind of a, see what kind of a, um, year he has there. So I'm really excited for Garrett and, you know, hopefully we could get him on a podcast. I asked him if he would do it. And, you know, he, of course he, he jumps with the hand at me. I want to get on the podcast. So he's a, he, he's a fun kid. And, uh, and hopefully we'll get to talk to him again, maybe in a podcast situation, but, uh, he, he was a standout and so were all of our catchers less. This is a class 2020 class. That's loaded as far as the catching position is concerned. Give me another guy who you really were impressed as far as the catcher goes. Uh, uh, no worries. Grant Weiss, kid out of Valencia. Uh, the bat. So he he was playing in the PBR tournaments, won their game Friday night with a walk-off bomb, and then comes to the pro case on Saturday, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, so I guys kind of gave him props on that. But he, I thought, showed really well. The catch and throw is pretty good. I think right now you're buying the bat with him, but – the catch and throw was pretty good. I mean, he pops up too. He was one nine eight to two one two, but the bat I was really impressed with. Throws were on the bag. Uh, you know, not much of a runner catcher speed, if you will. Uh, but you know, registered a ninety two exit velo. Took some good in game abs. Drove a ball into uh, the right center field gap that was caught for an out. But uh, he showed some ability to go the other way on a pitch away. Uh, I, I was really impressed with him. Uh, who do you got, Jack? Do you any other catchers that you thought uh, really stood out to you? Well, I was just going to hit on Garrett as well. Uh, I think I, I had him as the second quickest pop time after Peraza, but I had uh, in bold written, good catcher talk. Uh, I remember him in game um, saying very positive things towards the pitcher, not necessarily rah-rah stuff, but uh, staying pitch to pitch, working with the pitchers, um, so I, I, you know, I, I wrote leadership down there too, and then I had no idea what uh, Steve was saying about him, you know him being on the podcast and being a good kid. So um, from an outsider's perspective, someone seeing him for the first time, uh, me picking up on that, I think just shines light on the the kind of player he is. Um, yeah. Not necessarily talent wise, but I mean, as a as a college catcher, uh, you know, you're relied upon just more than than your bat or, you know, your, your your leadership and your vocal ability on the field. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's been like that for a while with him, uh, you know, even going back to last, his sophomore year. I mean, he you could see the transition from the freshman season to the sophomore season where that started. And then you go back through this spring and, 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 and you're right. I mean, it's 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 positive reassurement uh you know to, uh towards his pitchers 
uh, and it's pretty routine. So I'm, I'm glad you hit on that uh, because that that is a big deal, right? And um, and and he has those qualities. You know, a guy that that I hadn't seen a, a ton of uh, in this sort of setting uh, is Dalen Reyes at a Notre Dame high school, and you know, he I thought he performed really really well and I was able to see him Monday at the championship game of the tournament with his team so it was cool to see him that was kind of the neat thing about this event right was we were able to see guys in a game setting with their with their travel teams and then see them kind of in a showcase setting right where it's all about you know themselves essentially uh but I thought Dalen Reyes uh you know showed really well running at a 720 but with the bat, I mean, there are some things that, that can maybe be adjusted there. Body kind of lunges forward. Uh, but it, it, he's got some bat speed and some strength right now to drive balls uh, you know, into the gaps and all over the yard. No doubt, man. I, I like that kid too. Six one, one seventy five. I mean, that's a big middle infielder and real physical. You know, who knows? Maybe end up, you know, at third base or a corner, but for now he's definitely, you know. <laughs> locked down in the, in the middle there for Notre Dame. And I would be remiss less and Jack, if I didn't stay on our catchers and, and mention Paul Skeens, you know, one of the kids with the biggest upside, a El Toro kid, air force recruit. Um, you know, we've seen him before. I've been on him this year. And, and I mean, this kid is carrying around a stick of dynamite in his hands. It's, I mean, the raw power of this, kid Paul Skeens is is real you know subsequently I I got to see him uh the the night before he's playing for the Saddleback Cowboys and then he was going to show up at our pro case event and um you know he had a he had a loud triple he hit he went the other way so he's got a really advanced approach at the plate really mature and then you know he comes into our showcase and really shows out um tremendously he had the scouts kind of leaning over and saying you know you know who who's this kid again and man you like you don't take kids away from air force too often uh just because of the commitment uh, there but uh, i'm going to tell you this right now guys um his name is is going to be discussed regarding the 2020 draft and and it's real i mean you know you you make the comparisons that i know less you don't like the comps but you, you know think of big bodied catchers you know matt weeders type i mean you know Mike Piazza type. He's what six four, two twenty five, and and he's not done growing yet. I mean, this this kid it can be a a monster. And um, I just was going to be remit, remiss if I didn't if I didn't mention Paul Skeens. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad. Yeah, that's good. Good, Jack. Yeah, I was just going to say that's a good. I'm glad you brought him up too. He was another guy that just seemed like a natural leader as well, and. Um, stood out with the bat uh and just you know now that i'm we're going through the catcher's list and stuff it's, you're you guys are totally right like we were loaded at the catching position so <laughs> just a just another another quality catcher yeah i mean just the the class of catchers is just i mean it's outstanding right i mean though we just we just named three we just went through three or four guys who were all really really good there and you know one guy 
that we didn't touch on is a couple guys we didn't touch on that also have a ton of upside at the position are Daniel Garcia uh, and Tyler Imbach, right? I mean, both of these guys, they're not their best days maybe, uh, but both of those guys are, are dudes. And, and you know, one's going to GCU and, and Garcia, and the other one's going to USF and Imbach. And, you know, those are guys that are going to be their Division One catchers that were there uh, that are going to have a chance to uh, potentially, you know, move on into pro ball after uh, the college uh uh, the season is or their careers are over excuse me you know one guy I really was impressed with and, and just and, and it, it's not so much for the numbers that he put up although his numbers were pretty good it's just I would love to play on a team with this guy just from the way he kind of carries himself and the way you know he, he's just oh he's such a happy-go-lucky guy and and oh by the way he's pretty good he's coming to UCLA uh, and that's Eli Payton uh, and you know this guy one inning though we didn't have a second baseman and here's Eli who's a natural <laughs> third baseman first baseman runs out and you know takes second base and was so disappointed when he didn't get you know a ground ball but uh, you know big left-handed power bat do you guys lock in on him? I did. I certainly did. And I've, you know, seen Eli now, um, for, for over a year and, uh, the, the bats real, the power's real. And I think he just kind of was, was, you know, in, in, in the middle of the pack and he really doesn't get, you know, all the attention. He's not the famous name, but I, I tell you what, he's going to make people pay attention to him. Um, this year, they're going to have to start discussing this guy. I mean, it's, it's a big league body and there's, and I could just see him tightening it up a little bit. Um, but he profiles there at the corner at third base just perfectly. And, uh, you know, really, really fun guy to watch. I was really, Les, I was really happy that you mentioned Daniel Garcia because, you know, I've seen him now for three years. And now you type of kid that's being asked to play all these different positions. I saw him as a freshman, as a middle infielder. And he's another one of these guys that has made you know, tremendous gains in, in, in building his body up. And uh, he's taking pride in it. And there's a huge difference. So I was really really impressed and happy for him yeah he's a good he's a good player i like him quite a bit and uh you know his ability to play multiple positions uh was is really really a big a big deal for him one other guy i think uh we should hit on i think really the the one uh you know outside of jared jones uh, alonzo richardson uh put in a nice two-way effort uh, on the mound, came out sitting around 89, 90, uh, throwing, throwing off, uh, breaking balls and change-ups. Steve, you've been on that. You, you, put, you put me on to him. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get to see him much in the year. And then uh, he went out right away and played some shortstop and was the only guy that got a base hit off Jared Jones in the game. So uh, it's cool to see him uh, doing it both ways. And, and I think that, uh, when he steps on campus at San Diego State, uh, they're gonna. I think he's gonna get some time uh, on the mound and in the field. Yeah, he's really intriguing uh, prep guy. I've seen him now for for a couple years, and uh, you know, on the mound, I've seen him up to ninety three. And you know, and I've said this before, and uh, is you know, when he's on the field. Uh, he's the best athlete on the field, hands down. And, and we had some pretty darn good athletes at this thing. And and he is just one of those kids that's twitchy, uh, is just athletic, and he could do anything on a baseball field. I, I think he could dunk a basketball as well. So that kind of you know speaks to his athleticism. 
and he's just smooth on defense. I've seen him make a few big league plays over the years, more than a few, handful more like. And you know, on on the mound, it's it's raw, and you know, up to ninety three on that on on that frame, um, just wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm always impressed by Alonzo Richardson. Yeah, he's he's. You're right, Jack. That two way performance by him was was really something else. I mean, he, you know, ran pretty well, would you say, at a 687? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at an 84 across the infield from short, uh had a couple good in-game at-bats. Uh he was a he was an interesting guy. Another guy for me that was really intriguing who you know, we've been seeing him now for a couple of years, though at least, you know, through all the summer stuff and into the season and Russ obviously is you know, we've seen him quite a bit, and that's Kyle Karros. And he, he, his defense, in my opinion, took the next step this year at third base. And it looks like it's the bat is starting to take that next step, too. Listen, uh, you know, you take a look out there and, uh, you know, you scan around the infield and you see this this body that is just, you know, I, I don't like to use the term for prepsters, but it's a sexy type of body that you just know that it's going to be bigger and stronger. And, you know, bloodlines, of course, we all know who, who the dad is, but... Uh, you know, it's just improving every single time that we see him out. And, you know, UCLA got a good one there. But, you know, Eric Karros is is definitely going to be in that discussion uh, this year or 2020 regarding the draft. So really impressed by him. Yeah, Jack, were you able to lock in on him at all? Uh, he just, the his uh, physical stature frame, kind of just stood out to me um i think he's i think he's pretty raw but uh a lot of things to like there and you know he's got plenty of time uh in the future uh to get it going and and um i think he's going to be a good ball player uh I, I, I don't know if he's third or first but i think the size and the bat and the name is going to help him out yeah the other guy that i was really impressed with and last guy for me uh and i'll let you guys chime in with some dudes if you have any left uh that's brett mccauley the outfielder from redondo uh he came out ran really well ran a 709 you know then he was at 91 exit below uh you know we we did the these interesting kind of new stats if you will uh for this event and that was kind of the catch to release uh time for outfielders and you know on a fly ball to home he was 116 on a ground ball to home he was 110 uh so pretty quick hands on the exchange you know i just really like this guy you know he's got that early load at the plate kind of keeps his weight back you know the hands drive that barrel keeps the barrel in the zone uh he's an oregon commit presently um and and i just i was a big big fan of him always been a big fan of him and i know you know russ was on here he would he would sing the praises of of brett mccauley and i'm glad you mentioned the oregon oregon commit so we'll see what happens there this summer uh we all know there's coaching change you know over there but uh really impressive guy you know going forward i want to talk about you know some of these outfielders and i'm going to start with chad Bourne, an orange lutheran guy uh commit to miami you know he's one of these guys that 
is not super famous, but but he always is in the mix as far as you know his game performances. I mean, this guy is a gamer. He doesn't he doesn't stand, doesn't run the fastest time. He kind of glides around the ballpark. Um, but you know, you get him in a game. I mean, he took some of the better at bats in 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 our live session, and and he always does. I mean, this is not a big surprise. But you know, he's a he's a toolsy athletic kid that can run, that can go track it down. Um, He's got a decent arm, but, uh, you know, he's going to be a leader, you know, for, for the Lancers. And, uh, I think he's going to have an opportunity now to, to get four national championships, perhaps. I don't, I don't know if he was playing with them as, as a freshman. So at least three national championships and have the opportunity to go do that in North Carolina next year. But, um, he was a standout for me as well. And always is. Yeah, yeah he was a gamer. He was a gamer. I saw him flying around doing doing the little things right. Um, I think he uh, he was a good ball, he's a good ball player, and he's going to find himself a spot. Yeah, no doubt. The- I'm going I'm to go back down to San Diego, Jack Trevor Tushenkel, uh out of Poway High School. Another another impressive outfielder. He's made some gains with his body, left-handed swing that plays. Um, it's it's. It's it's the pull kind of approach, but uh, another one of these guys that is just you know a gamer. Um, uh, he, he really impressed uh, during the season when I got to see him in in my you know few looks, and he had a really good game at uh, you know in, in the open division final. Had had a knock. I think he legged one out as well. So he's a pretty consistent kid, and they and they got something good coming back uh, next year as far as Poway is concerned. I'm. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do, Jack, and I know you're going to have a front row seat to that as well. Definitely, but I, I think we can uh, we can't finish this podcast without talking about our last pitcher of the pro case in that uh, and then Jared Jones. Yeah, how about that? How about, <laughs> Jared Jones shows up to the to the pro case. I was unsure if he was going to do the workout portion or not, and or just come and pitch. And uh, it turns out that he was just going to come and pitch, but. You know, he, he came in and I said, hey, Jared, you know, we have one more group left for BP. Do you want to hit? And he's like, sure, OK. Uh, you know, and, and then uh, he hopped into that last group about, oh, what, five minutes later. And, and, you know, first round was just OK. Second round was 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 much better than the third round uh, was, you know, the Jared Jones we're used to, which is really impressive and then on the mound you guys got the front row seats i was trying to get a little view from the open side i was trying to get all different angles on him but you guys got a front row seat on him i mean break him down on the mound for us i mean listen i mean you could just you know you you it's it's tangible you can hear the baseball come out of his hands and it's violent it's explosive it's it's all the superlatives that that you can potentially think of um i mean the quintessential i guess modern ball player i I guess you would call it um of, of the last few years can can do it all um roadie had a good breakdown of him on his on his podcast and and his show and uh, you know it's impressive all around uh, with Jared Jones. It's just going to be a, a, a cool, a cool thing to watch this kid do his thing in his senior year. I'm I'm really excited for him. For me, the first thing I wrote down was I just wrote down natural. I mean, it just seemed uh, he wasn't really trying that hard. He wasn't doing anything with his mechanics that were like, wow, I've never seen that before. It was just a pitcher 
a 2020 guy that's 97 with a 90 mile per hour changeup. I mean, he's just got that extra level. He's got that it factor kind of kind of deal going on with him as a player um, that you see once in a while um, for guys like. For, for example, when I was in college, it was with Chris Bryant when he was when he was hitting BP and in games and stuff. Doing, you know, his swing was different, but the ball just traveled different off his bat. With Jared Jones, the ball just exploded out of his hands differently than it does the rest of the kids. It's just just that just that uh, it factor um, factored into his performance for me. You know, and and. and you're right. You touched on that it factor, and you know I was I spent a lot of time in the dugout there during this event, and it's funny how kids all gravitate towards the guys that have that it factor, right? Because there was three or four, maybe five guys that it seemed like all the guys were gravitating towards those dudes, and those dudes were, you know, for lack of better terms, kind of the ling- the ringleaders uh, of those conversations, right? And so. Uh, it's just really kind of funny because Jared does have that factor. I mean, you know, make no bones about it. I mean, the guy's obviously the best pitcher in the state. He might be the best player in the state. We have him number one. He might be the best player in the country. Uh, you know, that's for conversations. But I'll tell you what, the guy was was didn't need to be there, and he came anyway, and I was pumped about that. And, uh, you know, he came and he realized, you know what, there's some pretty good competition here, and he brought it, man. I mean, he was up to 97, and that changeup, Jack, that you just mentioned at 90, I was behind the plate when he threw that, and I think we all were. And there was a handful of scouts there and college guys and all of us that were just kind of, did we just see what we just saw? Yeah, it came out the gate blowing 97, and I know Rody and Shooter, uh, you know, want to see his secondary stuff. Was he able to throw up for strikes? And and he did, and he didn't, and he just he just went about his business and ho hum. You know, he was throwing strikes, and so it was really good to see that his command uh, was there with those secondary pitches for sure. But you know what I like? Yeah, about- the 90, the ninety mile per hour changeup is definitely a nice talking point. I've been bringing that up with a lot of my baseball friends back home because. I'm trying to think of guys that throw 90 power changes. Really the only guy that I can think of is Steven Strasburg. Is there anybody else you guys watch on TV or on a regular basis that their change ups around 90? Ooh, that's a really good question. I can't oh. think of one. Verlander? Oh. Verlander maybe, yeah. I want to say he might just be high 80s though, but that's probably a good call. Back in Iowa, Ver- yeah. Ooh. Dude, that's that's a good question. We're gonna have to get off fan graphs on that one and, and yeah. check out some numbers. Yeah, I challenge our list. I challenge our listeners to uh, to uh, give us some names on on some ninety mile per hour changeup guys because I mean I think it just speaks volumes of the kind of pitcher Jones is and can be. If we're talking about a ninety mile per hour changeup, and then we're bringing up names such as Justin Verlander and Steven Strasburg, so that's pretty wild. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good company to keep if you're a 17 year old senior, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, guys, I, I uh, guys, I, I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you guys coming on uh, the first little uh, you know three way podcast we have here for the SoCal coverage, and we'll be doing this a little bit more so that we can change things up a little bit for you and keep you guys more informed on everything that's going on around in SoCal and. So, Jack, Doe, really appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks, Les. Yeah, 
No problem. It was great to be on. Great to be at the event. Love collaborating with you guys. All right, guys. We'll talk real soon. I want to thank Jack Shannon and Steve Doherty for joining me on the podcast today to recap the SoCal Pro Case. Be sure to check out PrepBaseballReport.com for all your news and information in the state of California. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.